Hi, this is Dan Cassetta. Welcome to Flashback Friday on Changing Lives, Selling Knives. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from people who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. Episodes feature some of Cutco's most prominent alumni and top-achieving current leaders. Flashback Friday is your chance to hear a short piece of one of my favorite past episodes. We'll hand-select the best nuggets to share with you in this short form. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's flashback. Today, we are flashing back to episode number 99 with Cutco Vector's Greater Georgia Division Manager, Trey Ketchum. For Trey, building something great is a noble pursuit, which begins with enrolling people in a vision, then giving his best effort to truly take care of the people in his organization. That is what recruiting is really about, and Trey Ketchum is the greatest recruiter the Vector organization has ever seen. In this short snippet, Trey talks about his mindset around recruiting, what he looks for when considering who to add to his team, key strategies that he implements in his office and division, and some of his most compelling reasons for doing what he does. For any Vector manager or anyone who's building an organization, this is a great reminder of the nobility of creating opportunities for others and striving to build something great. Today's episode is sponsored by Good Weather Wine. Founded by one of the most legendary builders I've ever known, Mark Lovis. Good Weather Wines are sugar-free, low in sulfites, and with no additives. You can get a monthly shipment of 3, 6, or 12 bottles, and they'll make it super easy by making the selections for you based on your preferences. Visit goodweatherwine.com to get started, and enter the discount code CLSK when you check out to get free shipping on your order. You can see all our sponsors at changinglivespodcast.com slash deals. Enjoy this flashback segment from Trey Ketchum, and be sure to revisit the full episode, number 99. Well, you've become such a great recruiter. I would love to get into your head a little bit on why. What has made you such a great recruiter in this business? I've always been fascinated with building um, and... You know, whether it be playing sports growing up, I was always fascinated with, you know, how some of the, the assistant coaches for great teams got, got their talent. I always loved that concept of just building an, a, you know, an army or building a village or building a, an empire to, to be able to, to take over and to be united for a common goal. And um, I witnessed it playing basketball growing up. I, you know, played basketball for Chris Paul's dad, uh, Coach Paul. And, um, and I, I witnessed the great AAU teams that uh, Coach was able to put together and just grabbing the different pieces and the talent and putting them together toward, and uniting them towards a common goal. So I think part of that was what drives me. You know, I just, I love helping people. I mean, I, I told you I wanted to be a, a doctor when I first got out of, when I first went to college, that was what I thought I wanted to do. And the reason I wanted to do it is I wanted to help people. I wanted to impact people. And um, as I got, uh, I think, again, going back to the whole dad thing, when my dad was 48 when he passed. And so, you know, for me, I, it was kind of a, a hot poker of truth there that, you know what, if I'm in, if I'm in school till I'm 32 and God forbid things happen to me at that age, I won't be able to do all the things that I want to do. And so I need to mm. find a way to help people uh, and be able to get what I want. 
uh, sooner just in case. And, and so that kind of drove me to that. And, and, and I just feel like, um, maybe because of what I believe Vector has done for me and how I kind of grew up with the company as my second father figure, um, I, you know, want to provide that to as many people as humanly possible. And, you know, obviously, I know we're not just going to work with anybody, but we want to work with as many of the right types of people as possible. And I firmly believe that uh, us and the military are the two greatest developers of leaders uh, out there in today's uh, society. And I like to think that working for Vector is a lot less committal than signing up for the, the military. So, <laughs> Indeed, for sure. Well, what you talked about, you know, offering the opportunity to people. Tell us a little bit about your mindset around doing that, being able to offer the opportunity to people without a whole lot of prejudging. Like what's your mindset around being able to give people the opportunity to work here? Yeah. So, I mean, like, as I mentioned, we, you know, Vector is not for everyone. And, and so we don't just work with anybody, but, but we do want to work with the right types of people. And, and so the big, the two biggest skills that I try to look for are, uh, commitment and work ethic, right? Loyalty and work ethic. Those are the things that when I look to promote somebody to be an assistant manager, I tell them, I said, look, the two things I can't teach are loyalty and work ethic. Everything else is teachable. Everything else we can work with, you know? And, um, <clears throat> and we've had, you know, you know, people that are grinders and are hard workers, they're athletes from maybe the, you know, the zip totally challenged parts of our territory that because they have that work ethic, because they're a grinder, you know, we pour together with them and we're able to really help them and coach them and mentor them, uh, which is big. So, you know, that's kind of what we look for. We look for people that are, again, hard, you know, hard workers and we look for people that have loyalty and, uh, and determination. Yeah, those qualities are certainly more attitudinal than anything else. And I always viewed attitude as being the key determinant of whether we wanted to have somebody on the team. If somebody really liked Cutco and really liked what we were offering here, had enthusiasm for the product, and they seemed like they were somebody who was going to be committed and put their best effort and work hard, they were willing to work, right? They expressed that. Those are people who we want to give a chance to be able to work. I always felt like it was important to err in people's favor. In other words, right? If in doubt, we give people a chance because we really believe in what we have to offer them and we want to make sure that we are helping as many people as possible. As you said, you know, recruiting is about helping people. And so I think that's an important mentality or philosophy that it seems like you and I uh, agree on for the most part. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, if, and when you make a commitment to somebody, I mean, that's part of it is how willing are you able to go? Are you able to go the full 100% commitment to their success? And, and that's really what we, uh, what, we, what we tell people. We tell them that in training, that whenever we train somebody, we give them our everything um, in order to make sure that um, they're successful. Obviously, so long as you know, they meet us there with it, then they're going to be able to be successful as well. Yeah. And I think when you promote that as part of the vision that you know, what you're trying to establish is a relationship where somebody is as committed to you as you are to them, there are going to be some people who sort of tell you what you want to hear. But then after the fact, they kind of think about like, oh man, you know, this person really expects a lot from me. And maybe those are the people that don't end up showing up, that don't end up coming. But the ones who do understand what's expected of them. And so they're ready to put in that commitment. And that enables you to build that relationship right from the start with them in a way that you know is congruent. When your people know that you've got their back and you have their best interests in mind, they'll run through walls for you. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about some of the tactics that you use for recruiting. Like I was looking at some statistics the other day and you have had the lion's share of the biggest recruiting summers in the history of the company. Like if you look at the top, maybe 15, I think six of them are your office. 
in the history of the company. And um, tell us about some of the things that you do to make that happen. I think it boils down to, you know, if you want to have a big army, you got to have a big army staff and support. And and so, you know, I, I like to think that, you know, in order to have a massive organization, you got to you got to have you know, similar to a military. You got to have generals. You got to have lieutenants. People that are there with you um, to help you support them. And so, you know, we we look to develop people in, in an early stage, give them opportunities to shine and and step up, and then we work with our key leaders to uh, to help you know replicate and duplicate our organization so that it is uh, is really made up of. Of, of our own doing of, of who we want it to be with. And, um, and what I found is that you're naturally going to attract people that are like you anyway. So, um, when you, when you build a team of assistant managers and you build a team of, of, uh, you know, recruiting assistants or receptionists, you know, you're going to naturally build uh, an organization with a bunch of people like them. And, and they come from all different walks of life, but they have People that are just like them, you'll see little mini me's that are on the team with them that just look, work, act, and talk, and work just like they do, and uh, and it makes a lot of fun. And so, you know, we, we talk about loyalty and work ethic on our staff. We also, you know, talk about making it fun. So we're always uh, in an effort to make it fun, doing different contests and uh, culture building activities as a staff, so that people want to be a part of it. And then when they do that. They want to help you build. You know, they they just naturally talk about the job to people. They naturally uh, exude excitement about it on their social media accounts. They naturally uh, want people to be a part of it because it's a good thing. So you know, it's kind of like you know when you've got just that exciting culture of a sports team or an exciting uh, dynamic. If it's a fraternity or a sorority, where you know people just want to be a part of what's what's going on because of the fun they see the people having, the success they see people having. And, and so that's what we, uh, that's what we do. And so whether it, you know, over the years, it's been different forms of advertising, right? It used to be, you know, business carding or going on campuses and, you know, running tables and giving guest lectures with DECA uh, moderators. It used to be, you know, sending out a bunch of mailers. It used to be advertising in newspapers, but uh, now the the big thrust of course is, uh, is getting meeting people where they're at. So we're on social media and, uh, we're putting out the word of, you know, being able to have an awesome job, have that be flexible, and teach amazing skills in the process. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about this whole idea of how you leverage social media and how you leverage the influence of your current team members to build something bigger. There was a quote actually from one of your managers, Carl Gedris. He probably, um, hopefully, he's listening, but hope he's doing well. But, uh, but I remember Carl had a quote. He said it, and it probably came from you, but he said, um, if you want to be the leader of many, you got to be faithful and loyal when the numbers are small. And, and that really stuck with me. And, um, and in order to build a large organization, you, you really got to, you got to start at the grassroots levels when things are just getting started and things are small and, and really pour into them and give them opportunities to shine because, you know, that's how you can manage a larger organization, right? That's how you have more people is you're, you're taking care of people uh, from the very, very beginning. You're not just trying to get a bunch of people in front of you. I mean, it's, I think that's a misconception that people have about what it means to be a great recruiter. That's, that's bullshit. I mean, being a great recruiter is taking care of a lot of people. And, and so, you know, you know, when somebody recruits a, a, a high school athlete to go play, you know, college basketball for Chapel Hill or for another great uh, university, not named Duke, but anybody other than them, um, you know, when they when they recruit them, they make a promise. They make a promise to their parents. They make a promise to the the, the student. They say, "You come work. You come play with us 
and we're going to set you up for, for life. And, and that's the same type of commitment that, that we make to our team is that you come work with us when you're in school and you're going to be set for life, you know, and whether it's with us or with somebody else, but we make a commitment to them. And so, um, we gotta be, you gotta be, uh, you know, again, uh, consider the fact that to, to have a large organization, you gotta be very, very, very faithful, uh, when the numbers are small, you gotta be willing to, uh, make that promise and commitment to them. What are some of your whys for being a, a great recruiter, for being a vector manager? I think my biggest why is I want to be a great, a great mentor. I mean, I, I think, you know, I had, I've had great mentors in our business and, you know, my greatest mentor was, was, was my dad. And, you know, I just remember what he did uh, for me. And, you know, I, I always tell people, cause some people ask, they say, what was it like losing your dad at 19? And I said, well, you know, quite honestly, I'd rather have an amazing father for 19 than a shithead for, for 50. And, um, and I had, a, I had a great father and, um, I learned a lot of valuable lessons from him and my mom. My mom is a grinder. She works third shift, um, as a pharmacist, she's done so for 40 something years. She's in the midst of everything going on, works at medical university of South Carolina and is, you know, had to work the same number of hours with a pay cut. Um, but, but in order to, to help and to get back and, uh, she's doing it without any complaining and she's, you know, a saint for that. But I've, I've learned my work ethic from her and um, my ability to connect and care for people from my dad. The two of those were great mentors and I've had great mentors in our business. So my biggest why is I just want to be a great, I want to be a great leader. I want to be a great father. I want to be a great husband. You know, I want to be a great manager. Um, and, you know, I, I think if, uh, you know, if you take the our divisional slogan of no excuses, play like a champion, you know, don't make excuses for what we do. Just, strive to be excellent. You know, my, my mom always says, you know, life's, life's not easy, is it? But, um, but what I found is that when you're hard on yourself, life tends to be a little bit easier on you. So when you're easier on yourself, life tends to be hard on you. So I guess my biggest why is to be a great leader and a great mentor, and then, uh, provide the example of, of that to the people I interact with, people I work with. Um, and the other reason that, um, that I'm here is I just, I'm having a lot of fun doing it. So, you know, no reason to leave. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's flashback episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, you can find the full episode and show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. You can also sign up there to receive free resources from me and some of our amazing guests. Please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. This is Dan Cassetta signing off We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives. 